Welcome to Code Whack, your podcast on America's broken healthcare system and how Medicare for All could help. I'm your host, Brenda Gazar. How does America's healthcare system affect mental health patients and their doctors? Are patients getting better or worse treatment now that private health insurance companies are managing Medicaid? To find out, we spoke to Dr. Stephen Kemble for Mental Health Awareness Month. He recently retired from his private psychiatry practice and practices part-time at a hospital-based primary clinic in Honolulu. The longtime healthcare reform advocate is also past president of the Hawaii Psychiatric Medical Association and the Hawaii Medical Association. Welcome to Code Whack, Dr. Kemble. Thank you. I'm curious what you've noticed in terms of how the field has changed over the years. I trained in, at Cambridge Hospital in the, in the Harvard Network in community psychiatry in the 70s. And I moved back to Hawaii where I grew up in 1985. And at that time, I was in mostly private practice. And our Medicaid program here was served largely in the private sector. In other words, all the psychiatrists in town took at least some Medicaid most started their practices building on Medicaid and then kept maybe 25-35% Medicaid on throughout their careers. The state introduced Medicaid managed care in 1994 and then for the aged, blind, disabled population with all the seriously mentally ill in 2009. And that has effectively driven the psychiatrists out of Medicaid. So there's hardly any that take Medicaid anymore. And the only places Medicaid patients can get care is in the federally qualified health centers and in the hospital clinic where I work that's subsidized to serve the Medicaid population. But the private sector has gotten out of Medicaid because of managed care. And what kind of impact do you think that has had on patients? Well, it's really hampered access to care. There isn't enough available care in the federally qualified health centers. Some of them have hired their own psychiatrists, but a lot of them have not, or I know one that tries to, but they have had high turnover. They keep leaving. And if you're living on one of the neighbor islands, you know, Maui or the big island, there are no psychiatrists available anymore. Everybody quits. No one's willing to put up with that. Mm. So how else has America's healthcare system failed those with mental illness? I, I think that the, the, the probably the biggest problem is what's happened as, as a result of Medicaid managed care. Because it's not just in Hawaii, in every state, it's really diminished the number of doctors willing to take Medicaid patients. Because Medicaid patients, the pay is always lower than other kinds of insurance. The level of illness and difficulty and complexity is is generally higher. But at least here in Hawaii, everyone was willing to deal with that as long as we were able to manage care. When the managed care organizations come in and strip away the doctor's autonomy to manage care and start telling them what they can and can't prescribe and what they can and can't do, everybody quits. No one's willing to put up with that. Tell us about how standard industry insurance practices conflict with the unique needs of mental health patients. Well, for example, uh, if I negotiate with a patient who's got schizophrenia and is not really sure they agree that they have an illness. They think their voices are coming from the CIA and, uh, and maybe I'm in cahoots with them and they're very suspicious and paranoid. But you manage to talk through all that and negotiate to take a medicine. You try to choose something that you think has the least chance of giving them an unacceptable side effect. The patient goes to the pharmacy and the pharmacist says, we can't fill this, you need a prior authorization from the insurance company. So you submit 
a request for prior authorization. And a couple of days later, it's almost always granted and the patient never comes back to pick up the prescription. And the next time you hear about them, they've been in the emergency room three times and got hospitalized at far more expense than that medication would have cost. This kind of thing has literally happened to my patients multiple times. Wow, that's tragic. How else has our healthcare system failed psychiatrists and other physicians? I think there's, it's a combination of low pay and excessive managed care burdens. Psychiatry and, and psychology, too, were subjected to the most intensive interference from managed care of any specialty. When managed care came into Hawaii in the 90s, we could see a patient once, and then you had to get permission to see them for the next six visits. And they started restricting the formulary. So there's fewer and fewer drugs that you can prescribe without hassles. Before managed care, if you prescribed the generic, you knew it would go through. Maybe if it was a new expensive medicine and you might need a prior authorization. Now they prior authorize everything, especially for antipsychotics, just about everything. And because it's so difficult to get seriously mentally ill patients to agree to take a medicine, and because they have such a high risk of side effects, it's really a matter of you try something that you think might work out. If they have a problem with it, you try to switch to something that doesn't have that particular problem. And it may be the third or fourth medicine you try that you can actually get them to take in an adequate dose. That whole negotiation process is sabotaged by managed care. What is the impact of that on doctors, where they're constantly having to deal with these issues? The, the impact here in Hawaii is they just say, I'm not going to deal with this anymore. I won't take any more Medicaid patients. They might keep their existing patients uh, because they're loyal to the patient, but they will not take any new cases. And after so many years, then, you know, patients drop out, psychiatrists quit practice or die or move away, and then there's nothing left. And that's exactly where we are now. There's nothing left. So do patients have any options then? Um, not really. Uh, well, there is one option. Uh, this is something I've been involved with for the last few years, which is psychiatric consultation to primary care using what's called the collaborative care model, where um, a couple hours a week of my time and a full-time social worker care manager providing consultation to primary care. So if they have a patient with a psychiatric problem, they call us. The social worker contacts the primary care doctor and the patient, does a full psychosocial assessment, presents the case to me, and I give recommendations to the primary care doctor directly in their medical record, uh, both medication and non-medication recommendations. And sometimes it's primarily psychological interventions, but we, we make sure the primary care doctor knows exactly what to do with regard to the medicines, what to watch out for, and we're available if they have any questions or problems. So it gives them a lot more confidence in dealing with psychiatric medicines and psychiatric problems because they know that they have our backup. And then we follow the patient as long as needed. If they're getting better and doing well, we drop back, but they have continuity of care with the primary care doctor, and we can always step back in if needed. That model seems to work really well. We are funding it as a grant-based program with the, you know, myself and the social workers paid with salaries. We charge nothing to the patient or the primary care practice. We've got about 75% engagement. The patient's follow through and get help from us. And our, our track record on improving depression, anxiety, and even managing serious problems like schizophrenia and bipolar disorder and dementia is, is as good as any, any program I've ever, ever seen around the country. Got it. Are there any drawbacks you can think of for such a model? 
Well, there are some patients who are too complex for the model. It was originally designed for mild to moderate conditions like depression and anxiety, but because there's a, no psychiatrist available in, in many of these communities, we've basically been willing to do anything we can to support the primary care doctors, and we'll, and we'll consult with any, any psychiatric problem. If it's something really complex, like an unstable bipolar patient who's doing erratic things, destructive things, or someone with history of severe childhood trauma who's got you know, multiple psychological problems as a result, that really needs more intensive psychotherapy than we can provide. And then we function as a triage service because we've gotten to know who is available in the community and can help arrange appropriate referrals when needed. And that also takes a load off the primary care doctor because if, if it's something we can't handle, we can help find somebody who can handle it. Thank you, Dr. Stephen Kemble. Find more Code Whack episodes on ProgressiveVoices.com and on the PV app. You can also listen to Code Whack wherever you find your podcast. This podcast is powered by Heal California, uplifting the voices of those fighting for healthcare reform around the country. I'm Brenda Gazar.